Hello, everybody. Good evening. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. All right. Well, I'm excited to be here, and um, I just want to thank uh, you guys for allowing me to just be able to share the word. Um, and I thank Pastor Frank for allowing me to be up here as well. Um, so today's message um, is, are you rightly dividing the word of truth? Um, so, you know, we're just going to be getting into just how we can um, maybe learn the word and um, ways that we can get draw closer to God. Um, so I just want to open up in prayer um, for today's message. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, this time, Lord. We thank you, God, for allowing us all to be here. Uh, and we just pray that, Lord, you may speak, Lord, tonight, Lord, that your word may be able to uh, permeate in this place, Lord. We thank you, God, for uh, just sustaining us, Lord, creating us. And we just pray that you may uh, just be able to do your work here. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Uh, Please stand with me for the reading of the word. And uh, this is Luke 4, 14 through 21. Luke 4, 14 through 21. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for, uh, for to read. And there, wa there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to, the, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord." And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all, the, all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And Father God, we just pray that you may be able to uh, just speak again to us, Lord, that you may be able to show us your truth, Lord. Lord, we pray that you, Lord, are glorified here and exalted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, so, so, so today, I, I like this verse because it kind of shows uh, how there is, there is a, a, a place here where um, he basically, the Lord, when he was speaking these things, uh, in, in verse... Uh, verse 20, he closed the book. He closed the book halfway through a verse in Isaiah. So today, again, um, we're just going to be talking. The first point is the importance of time periods and how God, he is transcendent of time. And when he speaks, sometimes one verse 
in, in, in a Bible can jump to another and it's a thousand or two thousand years. So in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I believe that that we are to study. We are to not just read the Bible, but we're to study it, not to be ashamed. And and it's not just, you know, you read the whole Bible and you know, you, 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 you get it. It's, there is a, a sort of, uh, there's a, some diligence that comes along. You have to rightly divide the word of truth because obviously there's so many other, you could say denominations, so many other sects of Christianity, and they take one verse and they apply it to themselves. And, you know, so when it comes to reading the word, we have to really study it because it's, it honestly is hard. Sometimes you, you may get into the word and you may not understand and sometimes it takes studying to really get into it, to try to understand. And obviously, we know that Scripture interprets Scripture. Um, so in that verse, again, when, when, uh, in, in, that, in that one verse, in verse uh, 20, um, we see that it, it divided this verse here. So the Spirit, in, in Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 3, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. So right here, before going into verse 3, Right in between verse 2 is where he stopped to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so if we go back real quick to that verse, to, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 19, and he closed the book. It's because when, when, we, when we see why he did that, because he wasn't fulfilling verse that second half of the verse just yet. So... There's a reason why he stopped it. He essentially divided the verse in two. There was a comma there that divided his, uh, his message. And so when he was preaching to the synagogue, this was, of course, when he was on earth and, and preaching to the Jews in the synagogue in Galilee, he was getting the point across that at that point in time, at that point in time, he was delivering that specific part of Isaiah. So we see in Isaiah to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. So that he didn't say and the day of our vengeance of our uh, of our God to come for all that mourned. You know why? Because that day has yet to come. There's a you could say a 2000 plus year separation in this one comma in verse 2 at the end of um, the year of the Lord. And, and, and so he is basically then talking about, in, in Isaiah, it, it talks about, and the day of the vengeance of our Lord, that's the tribulation period. That's when he um, will bring judgment, basically, unto the non-believers, And then to comfort all that mourn. Uh, and then to appoint unto them uh, that mourn in Zion, to give the, uh, unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of 
righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So, you know, it, again, it just goes into all uh, how he separates here and how that the, the second half and the third verse are future events. And here's another one where in Isaiah 9, 6 through 8, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and, the, and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word into Jacob, Jacob being Israel, and it hath lighted, lighted up Israel. So, as you can see here in verse 6, unto us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This is when Jesus is born, and God delivers his only begotten son to be born. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And so right here, there's another separation because we understand that, yes, of course, um, Jesus, when he came and, and, and throughout all time, he is the supreme God overall. But we do know that Satan is the, uh, the God, lower G, uh, God of this world for the time being. There's why, that is why there's so much um, pestilence, famine, uh, disease, sin in the world. Uh, but ultimately, the government will, uh, shall be upon his shoulder when he reigns, when he comes back for the church. He will reign for a thousand years after the tribulation period. And so, as you can see, that after the son is given, he, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And, and it goes on to list all his beautiful names, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So at this point, we're not living in that time period yet because we are not living in this uh, period where he's on the throne, upon the throne of David, that's Jerusalem. We know that in the future, he will have this physical location of, of Jerusalem, the, the, uh, the throne of David, uh, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever. So obviously, this is forever. When he eventually does reign, rule and reign, he will rule, rule and reign forever. Um, so, and then now I want to talk to the importance of of punctuation and words. So obviously, you know, this one comma that we talked about, this one semicolon uh, on the other, these were important, like when it comes to reading the Bible, because number one, before anything, whenever it comes to um, just reading the word, the first thing you do is pray. You ask God, God, you know, help me to understand. Um, You know, there are times where I'm maybe uh, uh, maybe reading the word, I'm studying it, and maybe a couple of a few verses in i'm like oh my goodness i just realized that i didn't pray so that the lord may help me because we know that the holy spirit in us those who are saved by grace through faith we have the holy spirit in us so we need his help to interpret the scripture he is our teacher right now he is our teacher he's showing us um how it is to help in 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 trying to understand how to interpret the bible and we know that 
Scripture interprets Scripture. And so, on to Matthew 5.16, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle uh, shall in no wise pass from the law till it be fulfilled. So one jot, one tittle, any small apostrophe, any explanation point, any word is of importance to God. Every single word in your Bible is very important. Even the commas, even, you know, simple things that you may graze over as you're reading. And sometimes, you know, I can admit that happens to me where I'm trying to maybe just read the word and, and I graze over a, a, a comma or maybe a semicolon. And, and there's times where you may not understand something, uh, maybe because you're kind of grazing over the finute mind, uh, uh, very important details that the Bible holds. In Revelation 2, uh, 22, 18 through 19, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So we know that it's important not to try to add anything into the Bible, not to try to take away things from the Bible, because there are serious consequences. And, you know, I believe that, let's, you know, there's, there's people from, for, uh, let's just say, thousands of years now or hundreds of years who would translate the Bible. Um, I believe that if the person is being honest with their work, that the Lord will bless their work. The, the translators, you know, the reason why um, the Bible exists today is because we have translators from uh, from the Hebrew to the Greek to to the, to um, Latin to to English, and you know, it's all glory to God that we're able to have all these uh, translations that now come to English. That's our speaking language, and I believe that the Lord is very powerful, and 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 He is able to sustain His Word through many different languages. And I believe that he will use individuals who may translate those words for him. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we understand it's obvious in this verse that all Scripture is profitable. Just because we do rightly divide the word of truth doesn't mean that, um, that we, we take away some verses. Um, all of it is true. The whole Bible is true. But it's just coming to understand that you do sometimes need to say, okay, well, this verse is this time period, or this verse is in regards to these people here. Um, so... Now, I, I go into the importance of God's people and the distinction between Jew and Gentile and his plan for salvation. Um, so we see here, here's a story of uh, a woman of Canaan, and she's essentially a Gentile. And uh, so uh, Matthew 15, verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out, of the same coasts, and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Basically, her daughter was possessed. Um, but he answered, this is Jesus speaking, but he answered her not a word. 
And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she, she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the, their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I've read this verse a few times, and every time I read it, I'm just like, wow. You know, God, he, it, it may seem to the outside person that, that God is, is being a little rough, or maybe he's being um, maybe just not compassionate. But he, he, of course, he knew that she was going to come and, and say these things. But you can see that there's an audience there. there does, the disciples are there. And it is true that he had first, Jesus first came to preach the good word to the, the, uh, to the Israelites. So that's why he said to the lost uh, sheep uh, of the house of Israel in verse 24. And so, but then she was persistent. He was revealing to not only the others, but to herself that she does have this faith for, for, for the Lord. And, and God is good. You know, he, he, he is, his salvation is for everyone. And so, but we do know that he first came unto the, uh, to the nation of Israel. That was the uh, God revealing himself. And I think one thing is that he used such a small nation to accomplish so much. You know, there's so many other big nations out there that he could have used, but he used one of the smallest nations uh, in, in history um, in terms of, of size and, and population. Um, and, and so we have to also understand in Acts 13, 45 through 48, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Paul was sharing the good message to all at this point. He was somewhere in Greece. I forget where. I think it was Antioch. Um, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold um, and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. He's speaking to the, uh, to the Jews because the Jews were the ones that were basically uh, talking bad to, uh, to Paul, saying, what do you, you know, they're blaspheming and contradicting Paul and God, essentially. But he says, it was, it was first uh, have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge your, uh, yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. God essentially turned to the Gentiles when, when these people weren't um, listening. They, God preached um, the word to these people, many, uh, and of course, not all. There, there, there is a remnant, uh, but he, had, he turned his salvation plan also to the Gentiles. And we know throughout the Bible um, that he has, he has given Gentiles, you've seen salvation in that, because you know if you guys remember Jericho, I don't know if you guys read that, but there was that woman who, who, who gave the report, and, so, and he said he, her and her household, she was a Gentile, um, and that was from the Old Testament. Her and her household were, were saved, essentially. Um, <clears throat> but so for, for so hath the Lord commanded us, in verse 47, 
saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should be for salvation unto the ends of the, uh, of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of God, of, of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. That, that's how I felt when I knew that I could get saved. I knew I was, I was so glad these people must have been like, wow, so like salvation isn't only for the, for the Jewish people, even though the Lord came out of that nation. You know, he could have came from any nation, but he came out from that nation. The Lord used that nation to, to, uh, to birth his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus Christ used the, the Hebrews, the Israelites, uh, for his plan, early, especially early on throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. And as we can see, um, in Romans 11, 1 through 6, because people may say, oh, well, you know, what about the Jews then? I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for Paul speaking here, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Uh, what ye not that the scripture saith of Elijah, how he maketh, intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone. This is Elijah basically in his time saying, Lord, like I'm the only one left here. Like, you know, and this was uh, maybe around six, 700 BC. He's like, I'm the only one left. You know, the, David was around living in like around 1000 uh, BC. And then by, after the kingdoms were divided, there was a lot of sin, corruption in, in, the, in, the, in the tribes. And so he was saying, you know, I'm left alone and, and I seek my, my, uh, then they seek my life. But what saith the, uh, the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more of grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, works is no more work. So we see how God left the remnant of, of uh, the Israelites and the, and the Jews. They, there was always a remnant. God always leaves some sort of remnant for his uh, uh, glory. He's not just going to forsake um, humans and, and let nobody have some sort of connection to God. Um, there's always been like a certain point in time where God uses an individual to be, you know, the, the lone person in the wilderness, for instance. And, and, a, and in verse 6, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. This is basically saying if you're trying to use works for salvation, you're canceling out grace. Grace is, is something unmerited to you. You are saved by what he did on the cross. You're canceling out uh, works if you're saying, oh, well, you know, I need to maintain my, 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 uh, my, my well-being and, and be, I need to like, continue to, to do well in order for the Lord to give me this grace. I mean, we may fall, and of course, you know, he understands that, but that's why he died on the cross. He didn't die on the cross um, for no reason. He died on the cross to save us. He's the reason why we're saved. For this uh, cause, I, and this is, um, I guess I can't really see the verse on the bottom, a little long, but forgive me. I believe this is uh, Corinthians. Um, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of, of Christ, 
for you unto Gentiles, if ye have heard the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, uh, me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand the, my knowledge in mystery of Christ, which uh, in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So basically, uh, we're seeing here that there was a mystery, and it was hidden in other ages. It was not made known. And that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, that the Gentiles would be essentially grafted in, um, and of the same body and partakers of, this, of his promise in, in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I, am, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to, unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who uh, am less than the least of all the saints is this grace given. He's saying, I'm the least. Paul is saying here, I'm the least. I, 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 you know, I'm, no, I'm nothing. I'm the least. But he gives that grace that I should uh, preach among the Gentiles and uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul was directed by God to preach to the Gentile world. Um, he used many of the other apostles to, of course, speak to the Gentiles, but pre predominantly the uh, Israelites and uh, Jerusalem first. And so, uh, and to make all men see that the, 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 uh, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been in, uh, hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. And, and that's why a lot of Jews from before, they always thought that Jesus would come and reign. The Romans would be um, taken out. And, you know, but the thing is, is that they didn't really rightly divide the scriptures to see as well that he needed to first come and, and save us. And so, but at the same time, it was hidden because we can see that the Gentiles, they didn't know that the Gentiles would be grafted in. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So the Lord, we remember how when he died on the cross, the veil was torn and we are now, we have access to him by faith. Which all glory to God, because you know, if we had to go through sacrificing bulls and goats, it, it's just I'm sure that the that the Israelites had a uh, had had a you know they had it worse off in my opinion. I mean, if I can get to God by faith and pray to Him 24/7, I think that's amazing. Um, and so it, this is just to add on to that. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God even the mystery which hath hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God, who would make known that what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. And we understand the hope of, of, the hope of glory. Christ in you, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes within you. You are born again. Without being born again, you are not saved. And so this is the mystery that he revealed to this generation, to the, to the, to after, to the point when Jesus died on the cross. From, then, from that point on, we now have the capacity to, to have the, this Holy Spirit indwell within us. 
Uh, during the Old Testament, we see how the Holy Spirit goes into people like David. He went into certain prophets. Um, but it was now, it wasn't until this point when Jesus died on the cross do we now gain access to him and he dwells within us in our hearts. When we confess our sins, when we, we understand that um, and, and we believe in what he did on the cross, we then are born again. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in mightily. So uh, we, of course, are to labor, and he works through us, and we have to yield to the Lord. And so now I just want to give just a little bit of a, a graph here, uh, or a, a little bit of a imagery here. So we know that during... You can see how there's a divide, essentially, through these ages. And in the beginning was the Edenic age. Um, before the fall of Adam, they, had, they were not sinning. Then they sinned. And then the days of Noah, of course, we know that that was a, a time of sin. That, uh, so much sin that he needed to flood the world. Uh, but, of course, what did he do? He left a remnant through Noah. And then after that, there was more corruption. After that, just three generations later, you have Noah, Shem, and then Cush. Uh, I'm sorry, Noah, Ham, Cush, and then Nimrod. Nimrod, the Tower of Babel, we see that there was human government. They were all going into this one world government, essentially. And God said, no, that's not what's happening. Separation of languages. And then from that point on, did the... Uh, did the um, the human civilization disperse uh, throughout the the, um, the planet, and then you have, of course, um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarch age. You have the Old Testament laws of Moses, the legal age. Of course, um, there were so many laws when it came to being a, a Jew back then, or an Israelite back then. Um, they had to maintain it because the Lord wanted them to be set apart from the rest of the world. He they needed some sort of separation. And then, of course, when Jesus died on the cross, death, burial, and resur resurrection of Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit is now, you are able to now be saved by grace through faith, and we're in the age of grace. Thank God that, you know, we don't have to, you know, work or at any point be, be saved by, by anything that we do. Um, we are saved by what Jesus did on the cross. And then, after this grace age we will have the resurrection rapture, which is when, of course, Jesus will uh, call upon uh, the people that are saved. So if you're not saved, you will unfortunately have to go through the seven-year tribulation, which is essentially there's, there's going to be hell on earth, uh, but you can be saved from this if you simply put your faith in Jesus Christ on what he did. And, but we understand also that in that seven-year tribulation period, uh, there will be a, 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 the mark of the beast. And it's, it's, yeah, you might say it's by grace, but the thing is, if you take that mark of the beast, it's not by grace, really, because, it, of course, you have to accept him, but you also have to avoid the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you will not be saved. Uh, but then after that seven-year period, he shortens that, uh, that age. We can say that the, the tribulation age is a very small period, he shortens it because it, it's pretty bad, but he returns, uh, return of Jesus Christ on Armageddon. That's when he comes back. We will all be coming down with him, and he will then reign for a thousand years. Uh, 
And then we have, of course, after the thousand-year period, eternity. The white throne judgment would happen for those who uh, did not believe in Christ. And at the very bottom, I like this, transition points. Some are instant, others take days, months, and years. So we know that right now we're not living in the tribulation age because where is the mark of the beast? There is no mark of the beast. We know that we're not in the millennial reign because where is Jesus Christ physically on Jerusalem where it said in that verse where he would be reigning upon the throne of David. We know that he reigns within us. He is in our hearts and he, we are the temple of God. Know ye not the temp, that ye are the temple of God, which is why he doesn't want us to sin and do wrong by him. But there is a divide between ages and time periods. And so we have to rightly divide the word of God in order to understand that there are different time frames in history and there are different time frames in the future, which we have to understand which age we're living in. Thank God we're living in the age of grace. We're saved by grace through faith. And lastly, just to close off here, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will, and so you can see there's a separation here because he rode on that donkey 2,000 years ago uh, upon going onto that mountain, to, to, onto uh, uh, Mount Moriah to take our sin. And then he says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river of the ends of the earth. When he says the battle bow shall be cut off, there will be no more war. And we know that Satan, he has that bow, like he's described in Revelation with this bow. Um, but Jesus will cut that off, and there will no more be uh, any pain, suffering. And, and we, we know that when it comes to the Bible, he has a plan. He has a, 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 an, an eternal plan for us. And so I th we thank God that, that he has given us these things, these, these, the, the scripture, this holy word, to, to just be able to enjoy it, read it, study it. And I just thank God that he allows us to study it because, of course, you may have other, there's other people, uh, other time periods where it was more difficult to read the word. I, I, you guys may know, like hundreds of years ago, it, the Bibles were chained to pulpits. So we can't take this for granted so we should study our, our Bible and really not just read it, but ask God to, to help in reading it and ask God to uh, just help, uh, allow you to, in, to interpret it in the way that he designed it to be because there is no t private interpretation when it comes to Scripture. And so uh, I end with that, and I thank you guys for allowing me to uh, just share this word. Um, and I, I'll end off with uh, the, uh, just the last prayer. Um, Lord, we thank you, God, for just allowing for your word to uh, be spoken here, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross, Lord. You, Lord, showed that, that you had this plan from the foundation of the earth, even though, Lord, for generations, this plan of salvation was hidden. Lord, you had this plan all along, Lord, that we would be saved by what you did on the cross, Lord, uh, and Lord, we just are, are so grateful, so thankful, Lord, that you have given us 
this free gift of salvation. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you, God, and we exalt your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. What a great word from the word. I love how you mentioned that at the end there about uh, asking the Lord. And you said it twice, actually, asking the Lord to show you what it is he would have you know. I remember reading the, the Bible when I first came to know the Lord. I didn't understand anything for quite a while. <laughs> and then someone said to me, hey, did you ever, do you have the Holy Spirit living within you? Are you born again? I said, yeah. I said, ask the author to reveal truth to you when you read. So every day when I read, since that day, I've understood everything I've read, just about everything. So a great testimony. Thank you for the word. Let's stand together as we close in song here, and then we're going to spend some time uh, in prayer. The altars are open uh, for you if you'd like to come here while we're singing this last song together and just spend some quiet time with the Lord. Otherwise, right after, we will be spending time together in small groups, petitioning him and giving him praise. Take my mind, take my mind, Lord, transform me. 
Thank you, Father, for this day, this night, this time in your word, Lord. And God, we just ask that you would lead us in our prayers. Lord, Father, we thank you for your trust, precious word, Lord. We ask that you would just continue to show us truth as we study on our own. Help us remember what we've learned tonight, Lord. Let it be refreshing to our souls. Show us those opportunities as we go moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, through the days ahead until we see you, Lord. Show us those opportunities to share your love with others, to share the gospel of Jesus, the true giver of life. And may he be honored in all that we do and all we say. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 